Hi, everybody. Savannah Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio. I hope you're doing well. I'm here with Mike, and we're going to have a little chit-chat about um, some stuff that went on last night. Uh, kind of escapes me at the moment. Mike, perhaps we could refresh my memory. It's morning in America. Well, actually, it's the afternoon, but uh, that famous line comes to mind. It's morning without the U. It would be M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G had Hillary Clinton got in. But it's morning in America because Donald J. Trump, come January, 70 days from now, something like that, will be the um, new president of the United States. It was a long and emotional roller coaster of a night last night. And... You know, it, after having the mainstream media, the Republican establishment, all the never Trumpers, the Democrats, the amount of people that are against Trump and against anyone that dared, you know, tell facts about Trump and try and debunk all the lies that were floating around there, the mainstream media, of course, I was fairly confident that last night was going to go the way that it went. I heard polling information from friends that said, hey, this is looking really good, but at the same time, you never know, and I did think at the... I, I did think for a moment, you know, they're, they're just going to take it from him. They're going to voter fraud or this fractional voting, you know, fractional reserve voting thing that uh, Alex Jones had some people from Black Box voting on talking about not too long ago. I'm like, they're not going to let him take it. They're not going to let it happen. But <laughs> after an incredible emotional roller coaster, which saw the New York Times dial on election predictions practically flip around completely, Donald Trump won the presidency last night. And boy, they didn't want to call that. They didn't want to call Pennsylvania. They didn't want to call. I'm not even sure if they have called Michigan yet. There's uh, <laughs> Hillary Clinton didn't want to concede last night. She she had John Podesta go up there and say, no, we're still counting the votes. We're still counting the votes. She's not going to come out and make a speech. And then around 3, 4 p.m. or 4 a.m., Donald Trump came out and gave his victory speech. And good God, it was a wonderful, wonderful night. Well, it's um, it was tough for them to call it. I mean, it was the end of a dream for most of the mainstream media uh, to actually call it. And I've no doubt if it had been going the other way, it would have been called significantly earlier. Do you know that Chinese, the Chinese uh, media called it before the American <laughs> media, that the, that the Chinese communist totalitarian controlled monopoly media uh, is more honest and flexible and open and empirical and reality based than the American media. Uh, my, my assumption was that they, of course, didn't want to call it because they wanted to give her plain time to make it to Qatari airspace. Uh, that's my <laughs> particular Some thought. Some place it'll give her asylum. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was tough watching them not call it. Broward County, we're going to find a Hillary supporter hiding in the woods in Broward County, and it's all going to be fine. <laughs> of course, given what we know about voter fraud, and there was lots and lots and lots of reports of voter fraud and lots of hinky stuff going down in Pennsylvania specifically and um, uh, Philadelphia, to be even more specific. So the idea that something was going to happen and they were going to try and steal it or, you know, there'd be lawsuits and recounts and who knows what type of nonsense would go on with that. I mean, as soon as Podesta came out and she didn't concede, that's immediately what I'm thinking. And that's what everyone else is thinking. And oh, it's like, oh, we won. Come on. Can the fight be over? I mean, this... The fight's not over, folks, but this element, can, can we just concede? Can we just move on from here? And thankfully, thankfully, late in the, late in the morning, around 3 a.m. or so, Clinton finally did call Trump to concede, which, God, if I ever wanted to hear a phone call in my life, that's the phone call I wish I could have heard. But Well, I also got, this, I also got the sense, given how Florida was sw swinging back and forth, that Mike and I were uh, chatting back and forth, and uh, at one point it was like a thousand votes out of what four million or like it was something completely mental. It was so close, and I could see a huge amount of Trump supporters uh, getting at the top of Florida with a um, with a hacksaw, just ready to saw off America's penis and throw it into the ocean <laughs> if it had gone that way. But the panhandle uh, came through. The panhandle is a heavy Trump area yes. in Florida, and they came through in the end without question. And um, you know, th there's only one thing that I found disappointing last night, and it's, I think it's, I just want to get this out of the way before we move on to the truly legitimate celebrations. Mike, I got to tell you, last night I began to really lose faith in the efficacy of satanic rituals and spirit cooking to gain power. Um, I obviously have changed a lot of my future strategies for gaining control of media over the internet, uh, and now the smoky devils who are constantly asking me for my soul in return for more media power I put them on hold because, you know, if you're going to sell your soul to the devil, at least you want to get the presidency in return or some major control. But, uh, boy, 
I think I think it was a little bit of a bait and switch with the old smoky demons of power. Uh, that's just wanted to get that passed because uh, formerly um, I have uh, you know put, put a lot of stock in that stuff, but now uh, I'm really going to have to reevaluate both what happened there and what's going to happen to me. So I just wanted to. Well, get, the get polling that. models were wrong, and I, I guess whatever models they used to determine the amount of goats that needed to be sacrificed to Satan in order to give Hillary Clinton the presidency, those models were also skewed. But don't worry, folks. Despite the fact that the polling models were completely and totally wrong. Way to go, uh, Bill Mitchell, for pointing that out along the way, being the most prolific voice and uh, pointing that out. Despite the fact that all the polling models are wrong, all these other economic forecasts and all these other climate models, all that stuff is still 100% correct, folks. So let's just not get that uh, confused at all. All this modeling, completely 100% accurate. We just, you know... <laughs> just one slight error tonight. Well, on, on the plus side as well, uh, a lot of the uh, Hillary campaign team who seem to be very much into eating pain will have a lot of pain to eat. It's going to be basically uh, a, a beggar's banquet uh, of pain. So Smorgasbord. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Subpoenas. Jail sentences. Ah, Were there any surprises for you, Mike, in the um, the demographics uh, of what turned out? There certainly were some for me, and I'll sort of get into mine. But was there anything that you saw being broken down in the pro-Trump vote that gave you uh, some delicious electric spider webs of surprise? I haven't had too much of a chance to really pour through the demographics stuff yet. But at one point, I heard that Trump was winning 25 percent of Hispanics. I've heard, yeah, blacks and Hispanics and and women, um, uh, particularly in Florida, uh, came out uh, strongly for Trump. And uh, for that, uh, I'm going to just express some (laughs) positive sentiments and gratitude. I know we hit that stuff pretty hard in our presentations. Uh, Maybe we helped uh, for for people to listen. Um, But... um, uh, I think in particular, uh, young men, of course, came out hard for Trump, which is odd because it's like they don't have any loyalty to their future positions as nuclear shadows in Hil- Hillary's global domination schemes. Um, I guess they just lacked loyalty to her. They lacked the willingness for self-sacrifice, but they did. Who wouldn't want to just Trump. march into war with Russia? I mean, come on. Who wouldn't want to just charge into war with Russia? I don't know what's wrong with these young men. Clearly, clearly they just don't have their priorities straight. Yeah, Europeans fighting each other has worked out really well so far. So let's just keep that up because First World War and Second World War were just fantastic for Western civilization. I'm sure one more uh, would be getting us over the uh, over the hump. Oh, man. this I don't even know what to say about last night. I mean, I, just straight away, there are some people that deserve to be thanked. I just want to say, obviously, thank you to Donald J. Trump for putting yourself on the line, putting your business on hold to do probably one of the most heroic things that's ever been done, certainly in the political arena in recent times. Also, thank you to Donald Trump's family for, uh, you know, putting up with the insane amount of work and scorn that was directed their way over the course of all this, the slings and arrows that they took, which a lot of people don't understand or aren't sympathetic to. But, uh, you know, major kudos to them and thank you. Ann Coulter, Steph, <laughs> Do you, is there something you'd like to say to Ann Coulter, who pretty much wrote the book on the, this Trump presidential campaign twice? Oh, uh, gone, uh, blonde goddess of essential republicanism. Uh, I have been a huge fan of hers, and it was a great thrill to have her on the show. I'm sure we can get her back on at some point. But um, she was prescient. Uh, she had... Um, like myself, not really paid much attention to the demographics and the immigration issue. It wasn't until I saw um, the demographic winter videos on on that were taking uh, that were going over what was happening in Europe that I began to really wake up to that stuff a couple of years ago. But uh, she was um, tireless and, and, and a real workhorse, and she did countless television uh, and radio and and podcast interviews, uh, constantly making these politically incorrect but essential. Uh, points and uh, she was indefatigable and uh, talk about somebody who had um, a a great venue a a great presentation she's always been a very entertaining uh, and witty writer and public speaker and interview guest and uh, she was magnificent and um, adios america has changed the shape of american history I mean, there's very few books that you can point to and say I think that book actually shifted american history but that one's on the list yeah, I guess uh, second treatise on government and adios America, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that she she was uh, she she was amazing, and um, I'm glad she said that if Trump didn't win, she was going to basically give up on politics and uh, turn to writing mysteries, uh, which I guess 
It's something she's wanted to do for a while. I'm very glad that she gets to continue as a pundit and a fiery intellectual touchstone for uh, essential information in American politics. So, yeah, kudos to her. That was magnificent. And everyone needs to go and watch the June 2015 clip of her on Real Time with Bill Maher, where they ask her, who do you think of the Republicans that have announced who's the most likely choice to be president? And she says, Donald Trump, and everyone laughs at her. Oh, it's so delicious to watch that clip today. It really, truly is. Everyone should take 90 seconds out of your day to pull that up on YouTube and give it a watch. Oh, it's it's wonderful. I also want to, obviously, oh, there's a lot of people to thank. I let's let's take some time, you know, let's, uh, let's do the roll call because uh, a lot of people uh, made this happen. Mike Cernovich, Mike Cernovich for driving news cycles in a way that, uh, you know, brought social media to the forefront in a way that no one thought was really possible. Paul Joseph Watson certainly plays into that as well. Great work from Paul. Oh, and sorry, Charles I just wanted to interrupt because it, it's harder for people to see that historical perspective. But very briefly, FDR got in because of uh, radio. JFK got in because of television. And um, Donald J. Trump got in because of social media, I would sort of argue. And these were the people at the forefront of driving that narrative. Yeah, Mike Cernovich and Paul Joseph Watson in that realm. Absolutely. Charles C. Johnson, who, <laughs> friend of ours, who's certainly done a lot of work on the back end that people might not be familiar with, who played a critical role in this happening. Thank you, Charles. You are awesome. Alex Jones, the whole InfoWars crew. I mean, how many hours did they do streaming this election cycle, not to mention covering it the whole time? I mean, tireless work from all those guys. And, and also, sorry to interrupt as well, but, but for Alex Jones and, and that crew um, who have for a long time, and there are lots of people who've been doing it, but the, a lot of scorn and skepticism was focused on those guys. They've been talking about occult influences in American politics. And, of course, it's it's very easy uh, to say, oh, you know, that's nonsense. It's, it's a conspiracy theory and so on. I hope that the word conspiracy theory or the phrase conspiracy theory gets retired for a time. It's a little tired. It's been used for just about, like, not everyone who disagrees with you is a tinfoil hat-wearing nutjob or Hitler. Um, and uh, for those who were uh, skeptical of this kind of information, I hope that uh, they will um, apologize <laughs> and publicly do so, uh, especially if you've posted about, oh, he's crazy, it's a conspiracy theory. Uh, and this is not just Alex Jones, but uh, he, of course, has, has taken a lot of those hits. Everyone on this list has been just relentlessly attacked by the media and people at large. So, yeah. Next on the list, I got Bill Mitchell, who, again, his optimism when it comes to polling, optimism based on facts and reality and breaking down the Democratic oversampling and everything. Bill Mitchell's just been absolutely fantastic to uh, pay attention to over the course of this election cycle. And he deserves a lot of credit for calling it in a way that none of the mainstream pollsters did. Well, and we'll put everyone's Twitter links below. You just go follow these guys on Twitter. But what's really weird about Bill and, and amazing about Bill is all of the mainstream media pundits have said that it was impossible to know ahead of time. No one got it right. No one called it. Of course, they just want to make sure that, that everyone puts them in the same basket of it was completely impossible to foresee when, of course, there were lots of people on the Internet uh, who were foreseeing it very clearly and very accurately uh, using same, the same data, the same raw data. Bill was an expert at uh, breaking down polling bias, which we'll sort of get to in a second. But um, he actually dove into the roots of the mathematical algorithms used to produce these polls and recognized and pointed out repeatedly that it was oversampling Democrats. I was reading one uh, post where um, uh, the, 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 the pollsters who called up asked to speak to the youngest male or female in the house in order to run their poll, knowing that the younger you are, the more likely you are to be still stuck inside the amniotic sac of academia or living at home and more likely then to be on the left. And he was continually uh, breaking this down. And given that I believe that polls were used as a weapon of demoralization, as a weapon of psychological warfare in this battle, uh, he was essential in, in pushing back against that narrative. Absolutely. And when you talk about people that called it early on, despite the fact that who could have known, who could have known, you got to put Scott Adams on that list for calling this thing before I think just about anyone else. Scott Adams, who's been on the show a few times and actually uh, predicted the Donald Trump presidency uh, several months ago on the show. We talked about it. And um, yeah, Scott Adams has been fantastic to watch throughout this entire election cycle, just looking at the maneuverings and persuasion element of running for political office and the effect that it had on mainstream society and culture. And what was his uh, one-letter tweets list? <laughs> I didn't know what he was doing until you pointed it out. He uh, spelled out landslide one letter at a time. Like over the course, 50 minutes later, he, he tweeted another letter. 
<laughs> which again, he's he's the guy that predicted landslide, and he was proven to be completely right. So yeah, great work from Scott Adams in pointing all this stuff out. And next on the list, I have Jason Richwine and the entire crew from the Center for Immigration Studies. Mm. Um, I mean, just tireless effort in getting actual facts about immigration and immigrants and welfare numbers and, you know, just tireless effort to get real facts and data out to people. And, you know, (laughs) we try and put a spotlight on the people that are doing that kind of work. And a lot of the stuff that you've seen in our presentations with outright data regarding immigration, a lot of that is from the work from the Center for Immigration Studies. So kudos to everyone on that team. And I'm sure they're throwing a bit of a party this morning. Yes. And of course, as we know, uh, Jason Richwine took uh, more than his share of bullets for the cause of truth. Uh, There is, of course, um, the the modern sort of persecution of facts, uh, which goes all the way back to Galileo and Socrates way back. There are, you know, the the history is littered with people who've taken a lot of bullets for bringing um, inconvenient facts uh, to to the public, and uh, Jason Richwine was certainly one of those. So, you know, follow him, uh, follow his blog. We'll put links to all this below. Uh, keep up on his writing. Uh, support him as best you can, uh, because those of, uh, those, those of our friends who have uh, really taken some bullets for this uh, do deserve, you know, love, respect, and support uh, coming out of it. It's important, you know, when you're sort of circled by enemies, it's really, really important to to look around and see who's coming in the room rather than who's, who's heading out uh, <laughs> slinkily. So uh, do do that if you can. Absolutely. Next on this list, I have Mr. Roger Stone, who, going back decades, was crucial to trying to prompt Donald Trump to run for president. And decades of hard work paid off last night with uh, Donald Trump becoming the presidential elect. So thank you, Roger Stone, for your tireless work and effort and prompting towards Donald Trump and trying to make this happen. And, without, and check out his you, books. Probably one. Yeah, it's oh, yes. a Stone Zone, I think, is uh, his... Uh, uh, his website and uh, check out his books. Uh, he's got great books on um, uh, the Clinton's war against women. He's got great books on the assassination of uh, President Kennedy that certainly dislodged me from some of my um, torpid uh, certitude about what actually happened. And uh, the books are also available on audible.com uh, in great audiobook format. So check out his stuff as well. Got to say Vox Day for writing the book Conservative and Social, or Cuckservative and Social Justice Warriors Always Lie. Both those books are essential in the fight against the political correct culture. And uh, those, those two books, I think, contributed a lot to the type of meme culture that we've seen as of late, which has been very helpful in promoting Donald Trump and pushing back against the entire social justice narrative. So major kudos to Vox Day and the great work that he's done. And one of our, uh, I think one of the good tweets um, last night from, from, for me, was um, the left won historically by seizing the means of uh, production. Uh, the right has won by uh, seizing the production of memes. And uh, <laughs> meme warfare uh, is uh, is really, really uh, important uh, in what uh, what is going on. Stimulates thoughts, goes against the counter-narrative. Uh, it you know snaps people out of their hypnosis that the mainstream media is constantly trying to lull people into. So uh, good job, everyone who worked on that as well. Well, since we're talking about memes, I guess next on the list is the Donald on Reddit. The centipedes. I mean, what an amazing community. I mean, I, I certainly check that at least once a day to get the latest news and stories. And there's tons of great information on there that probably would have slipped through the cracks if it wasn't for that tireless group of individuals, hundreds of thousands of people working to put stuff together. Absolutely great work, guys. Congratulations. And um, I'm sure the job is far from over. And I hope that community continues to thrive, even though Donald Trump has already been elected president. And um, I think we um, also want to talk about uh, the uh, hardworking people uh, in, in 4chan and other internet areas, which uh, the people who really, really worked hard to dig into the Podesta emails, who worked to dig into the WikiLeaks revelations, who pieced together a lot of disparate information. That, that to me, is the real journalism. It's not even citizen journalism. That is the real journalism that is going on uh, at the moment. And they do the work. And then people like uh, Mike and, and Vox Day and, um, uh, and Bill uh, and others float the work that they've done up to more uh, mainstream or wider audiences. And uh, it is an incredible team to be part of. And those guys I mean, the amount of work that they did going through all of this stuff, doing the searches, saving, you know, they'd they'd find some connection and then people would start scrubbing it as soon as it came to light and they'd save all the archive stuff. I mean, it is a lot of work. It's unpaid. uh, It's anonymous a lot of times, um, but it is really, really noticed when we can get that information. I mean, 
you know, the, the spirit cooking and stuff, I mean, they floated out to the Hispanic community, of course, significantly Latino and Hispanic, significantly Catholic. Uh, they, they don't really go down for that devil worshiping stuff too much. Uh, and that may have been a significant um, movement in the politics uh, of last night. And uh, if people hadn't done the kind of work to put that together, that information wouldn't have gone out and it might have gone a completely different way. So uh, again, it's anonymous, it's thankless, uh, but um, thank you uh, for, for everyone who did that kind of work. It's, it's essential. Oh, there's so many people that will not receive individual um, credit for the contributions that they've made that, you know, that maybe they found something interesting in a WikiLeaks email. Maybe they found some other piece of information and tied it together. Maybe they just created a unique meme that spread an idea around. I mean, there's tons of individual heroes out there that helped get important information out to people that uh, truly deserve acknowledgement. And thank you to everyone at the Donald, 4chan, and across the, the entire internet for all the contributions that you guys made and getting the word out. The real victory comes when you can get your enemy to attack a cartoon frog. Uh, I, I really feel that one of your most um, suggestions for, for a tweet, Mike, was um, Kermit the Frog uh, in a, um, an ex-alive position because he had uh, been mistaken for Pepe. Uh, but um, yeah, one, once you can get people to attack uh, crying cartoon frogs, uh, you've, you've pretty much built a very solid and successful movement. <laughs> Next on the list is someone I don't know personally, but uh, whose work was very important this election cycle and thankless work for I can't even imagine how long they were putting this together. That's James O'Keefe and the entire team at Project Veritas. I mean, that amount of embedded undercover research and the legwork and time and dedication that goes into making that stuff a reality just to get 60 seconds of really enlightening footage. I, I, I can't even fathom the amount of time that goes into that from so many people. And thank you to that entire crew for, again, helping prove the stuff that everyone knew was true, but you didn't have the smoking gun. Well, now we have the smoking gun and we see what the Democratic Party and the Democratic establishment was up to regarding bird dogging and starting fights at Trump rallies, provoking violence, vote rigging, the whole ball of wax. So, I mean, huge, incredible kudos to those guys for doing the work that the mainstream media should be doing, but steadily refuse to do so. Can I take a moment to thank somebody surprising? Sure. I'd also like uh, to thank enormously the mainstream media. What the mainstream media did, Mike, and, and world as a whole, was so fantastic and so wonderful. What they did was they camouflaged Trump support. Because they would re regularly attack all Trump supporters as you know, racist, sexist, homophobic, Islamophobic, xenophobic, all, all of this usual garbage. And, and by portraying Trump as literally Hitler in, in, in many cases, what they did was they said, okay, it is not socially safe. It is not socially acceptable. It is dangerous. And, and not just like for your relationships. You might get attacked at work. You might lose your job. You might uh, be kicked out of a class. You might, who knows, right? So by making the negative consequences of supporting Trump so strong, so extreme, so pathological, what they did was they said to people, okay, you got to ghost yourself from this election. Now, that's fantastic because by artificially reducing the visibility of Trump supporters, they felt it was in the bag. They got overconfident. They didn't work as hard. And so the mainstream media, by driving Trump supporters underground, meant that there was an army that could emerge that they could not see in advance that could take the election. So mwah, beautiful job. Uh, your hatred, uh, your, your pathology, your, your horrifying and horrible falsehoods um, helped enormously drive this election uh, last night. And um, I don't think it would have been possible without them. Great point. Great point. Well, speaking, going from terrible journalists to great journalists, you know, Milo and everyone over at Breitbart. I mean, that's uh, first place I'd go in the morning to get the latest news. And considering many news outlets decided to completely self-emoliate this election cycle, many conservative news outlets decided to completely self-emoliate. It was great to see Breitbart really pick up the baton. And uh, it's great to see their record traffic and numbers. Hey, look, you give people facts and information that isn't cloaked in some type of bias and people are interested in it. Shocking. Shocking how that works. So, yeah, my, Milo for his work on college campuses fighting against PC culture, which is a big element of why Donald Trump got elected last night, that uprising against the political correctness culture. And Breitbart, just beautiful work over the course of this entire election cycle. The late Phyllis Schlafly, 
Uh, I wanted to mention uh, she she died uh, relatively recently, and we I did have the the honor of of speaking with her a couple of times in interviews, which you can find on on this channel. Uh, she laid the foundation for a lot of this stuff, and her staunch advocacy for foundational. Um, Republican slash, I would say almost libertarian in some ways, values um, was an enormous inspiration to a lot of people. And of course, what she did through her very intelligence and her success uh, as a writer uh, in getting her law degree in her 50s of being mother of the year in Illinois, uh, her public speaking career, her political advocacy helped really reveal the fact that the left was not pro-woman, but rather pro-leftism and were using women as a tool because the left relentlessly attacked her and there were horrible things written about her after she died. And her very success uh, as one of the first wave um, uh, Republican female hero heroines uh, really helped expose the left and how horrible they are to women who don't stay on the leftist plantation. So um, rest in peace and, and uh, great respect to her. It really is a shame that Phyllis Schlafly didn't live long enough to see Donald Trump win the presidency, which is a culmination of many of the things she's talked about over the course of her entire career. But uh, yeah, Phyllis Schlafly is absolutely heroic for the work that she did over so many years and uh, very kudos to her, certainly keeping her in my thoughts today. Also wanted to thank the large number of American celebrities who um, are now going to be heading up to Canada. Um, these are, uh, I'm going to put a list of these below. Uh, a significant number of American celebrities said that they were going to leave America and move to Canada if Donald Trump won. And the reason why I would like to thank them uh, is that they really helped make the case for Donald Trump. Because the fact that they're moving north rather than south is exactly the point is exactly the point of Donald Trump with regards to immigration. Why aren't they saying, I'm going to go move to Venezuela. I'm a socialist. I want to move to Venezuela. Well, you can't move. Well, because you could move to Venezuela because the government has broken down and, and people are hunting sewage rats through the broken um, malls that used to have food once upon a time. But they want to move to where there is a European culture. They want to move to where there's lots of white people. They want to move not to the south, but to the north. And that is precisely the point of a lot of what happened to the immigration debate. Uh, and so they really helped prove that case. I don't imagine that any of them are going to do it because, uh, you know, celebrities generally, especially actors, they're, they're much, much better when other people supply their words. But um, they really did help make that case for anybody with half a brain to see. I also, I mean, this is a big one, too. I mean, talk about undergoing incredible personal sacrifices to do quality journalism, Julian Assange and the entire crew at WikiLeaks. The man uh, lives in a room with a computer, a uh, treadmill, and a cat. And, uh, you know, he's had uh, th threats of, of drone strikes. He's had death threats. Uh, he's got a guy, some cat burglar, was crawling up the outside of the, uh, the embassy trying to get at him. Um, that man is uh, beyond heroic. He's, he's suffering, uh, I guess, outside of Chelsea Manning, he's suffering more than most of the whistleblowers, uh, including uh, Snowden, who's also heroic. But um, what, a, uh, what a powerful stand uh, to take and what an incredible spotlight to bring to bear on some very dark and sinister places in the world. So incredible uh, respect for Julian. And uh, uh, I hope that at some point uh, some government is going to look into that and recognize him uh, as a hero rather than um, uh, some nefarious character. You know, you talk about Obama was going to be the most transparent president. And <laughs> in some ways, <laughs> you made the joke previously, in some ways he was, just not by his own choice. Yeah. <laughs> the work of James O'Keefe and Julian Assange and WikiLeaks and everything. But, you know, you need to protect your whistleblowers if if you actually want sheer transparency. I mean, the fact that, you know, horrible abuses under the Bush administration and the Obama administration and Hillary Clinton's work as Secretary of State, the fact that that stuff got revealed – that, that's an incredibly important. This isn't like a partisan thing. This is just, hey, look, breaking the law. Hey, look, war crimes. All this stuff is incredibly important to get brought to light. And all the whistleblowers and the people that have, you know, made a huge sacrifice to bring that information to us, you know, are owed just a sheer amount of gratitude. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get him out of that embassy in the near future and he can actually have a private island somewhere not not epstein's he can have an island somewhere where he uh gets to enjoy the rest of his time without threat of drone strike looming overhead without question yeah and there's there's so many people that you know are, are not on this short list that i jotted up that deserve thanks in this so if i left off any names i'm sorry everyone knows who they are lots of people have done really great work this election cycle and the common thread, everyone on this list has just received a tremendous thrashing from any elements of the media, 
you know, any elements from the Republican establishment, all the never Trumpers, you know, all the um, Democratic establishment, clearly, it's been a big pylon on all these people, all the attacks, all the slings and arrows, you know, everyone's a racist, you're a rape apologist. I mean, they just pull adjectives out of their backside and throw them at people. And, you know, the abuse that is required, the abuse you have to take to do good work in the world currently, I hope that's going to change, certainly under a Donald Trump presidency. But it has been significant for all of these people. And I just, again, thanks to everyone who, you know, put themselves on the line to do the heroic work that needed to be done to get the truth out there. And I think we can be really proud of this, folks. I I think we can be really proud of this. This was the biggest uphill battle in American electorate history. And (laughs) and it happened. And we did it. uh, We did it peacefully. We did it with um, courage. We did it with wit, uh, entertainment value. And just to touch on, you know, for a lot of the people who don't know Mike that well, um, I would argue that most of the great research that came out of um, um, the people found the most valuable in the untruths about Donald Trump came directly from Mike. Uh, Mike uh, scoured the internet. Uh, Mike read uh, countless books. Uh, Mike assembled the information. And uh, I I know from reading at uh, the Donald uh, on Reddit and so on that a lot of people found the untruth about Donald Trump in particular and then the waves of sequels to it to be enormously um, valuable, if not critical in awaking them from the dogmatic slumber of the mainstream media hypnosis. And that uh, kudos uh, all goes to Mike for for gathering together and assembling that information, as well as the work on on Marco Rubio and and Ted Cruz and a lot of the other um, uh, information-based presentations that people have found so immensely valuable. uh, That comes directly out of Mike. And Mike also gave fantastic speeches, uh, very passionate speeches in the show about why he wanted to vote for Donald Trump. So I just wanted to point out uh, to those who don't know all of that history, um, that Mike is very integral to that information getting out into the mainstream and uh, uh, all, all praise to, to heroic Mike as well. well. Thank you, Steph. And of course, thank you for being an incredible person to work with and for your courage and dedication and ability to launch into excellent oratory at the drop of a hat. <laughs> Sometimes five <laughs> shows a day. <laughs> <laughs> for your willingness to I, this has been a lot of work especially over the course of the last couple months I mean there's been a lot of uh, nights with limited sleep there's been a lot of nights where just you know lie awake unable to sleep because there's so much going on and it's just like trying to piece stuff together in your head so you can do a show on it in the morning or the following day so it's been a lot of work folks it's been a lot a lot of work and thank you to everyone who's made this work possible on this show by making your donations. I mean, we wouldn't be able to dedicate all the time that we had to this if, you know, I had like another jobby job or something like that. We're both able to work on this full time because of the support you give. And look at what we've been able to accomplish. I I am so excited for the future and where we're going as a society right now. I am so entirely, I'm just enthralled with the possibilities. I mean, by my, I haven't even had a chance to sit down and really think of like, Okay, Trump won. So then this domino falls and this domino falls and we wind up here. I mean, just thinking, oh, yeah, we're not going to war with Russia now. Yay. (laughs) Yay. You know, I'm not going to get drafted because I'm a fighting military age. Yay. That's great. That's wonderful. There's so many dominoes. I mean, the mainstream media is like it might not be dead, but it's bleeding out on the concrete, folks. There couldn't be a bigger example and illustration of just how full of nonsense these people are, their biases, their prejudice, their bigotry, everyone's Hitler, blah, blah, blah. The mainstream media has been taken down. Donald Trump has rooted out all of these cowards, cucks, intellectual weaklings. Donald Trump's Hitler. Donald Trump's Hitler. Oh, shut up. I understand it. You work for a think tank and you like the big checks coming from big business that really, really, really enjoys cheap labor flowing into the country. I get it. Shut up. Everyone now knows that you are intellectual cowards. You don't know how to think. All the people that have gone out and trashed Donald Trump are turned on him. You know, like, oh, look, someone falsely accuses him of doing some sexual impropriety thing. And then it comes out. It's complete nonsense. All the people that turned on, you know, Trump at that point, you've revealed yourselves to be incredibly unloyal cowards. And oh, Don, I mean, not just politically what can happen in this country moving forward, but just the benefit that Donald Trump has given everyone in just laying bare and revealing the true intentions and motivations of so many people and separating the wheat from the chaff in regards to, oh, I talk a good game, conservatism, conservatism, I like principles, this or that. 
and then just, you know, oh, hey, look, hey, look, here's someone that's saying everything that you've wanted. Now you hate them for some reason. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> it's just been wonderful to have the arcade divide. Those that don't know what I'm talking about, look at our Gene Moore's presentations for more on RK selection theory. All the R-selected people that have come out complaining and whining about Donald Trump and all the K-selected people that looked at him and said, why are they acting so strangely? This has really separated um, <laughs> This has really separated the heroes from the cowards. And the media and even the alternative media is going to look very different moving forward. And thanks to Donald Trump and everyone that has done the work to make that a reality. And the last thing I wanted to mention, just in terms of thanks, Mike, was um, our audience as a whole. Because, of course, I had argued for many years against the efficacy of political action because everybody was bought and paid for by the time they got to run for office. And let's just say that the last year and a half or so has been a bit of a departure <laughs> for this channel as a whole. And, uh, you know, some people understood why it was uh, important. Some people got it, um, and some people didn't. Even though I sort of repeatedly explained it, that uh, explained that uh, uh, if Hillary Clinton got in, w there would be no show. I mean, our friends would all be attacked and suppressed. There'd be, you know, I'm sure hate speech laws would have come into effect, and it, it, we would have all been done. I would have had to, I don't know, go do something else <laughs> for a living. Maybe a second calling as a singer would materialize somehow, but. Um, the, the, so people who understood it, um, they, they came along and uh, gave me the benefit of the doubt when I began to act in ways that I had formerly argued against for, re for good reasons. And I think I explained those reasons many times. And people, I appreciate people giving me the, uh, the space and the credibility and the respect to, to listen to my arguments. And um, the fact that we were continued to be funded, right? This is an entirely donation-based show, no advertising uh, and so on. We would get a tiny bit of money from books, but uh, it's mostly, um, almost all of it is, is donations. And, and without the support of people, we, we wouldn't have been able to do what we're doing. So the audience that was able to um, accept this transition to a politically active um, conversation uh, it, without your support, it, it would have been impossible. And uh, I really, really thank everyone who gave us the space and, and the respect and the curiosity and the listening to uh, accompany us on this transition. And uh, it was, uh, if it was surprising to you, let me tell you, it, it's even more surprising to me uh, how things <laughs> shook out. But, uh, you know, there's a difference between strategy and tactical. Strategy is how you win the war in the long run. And uh, tactical is how you win the war tomorrow. And uh, we, I had, of course, been talking about strategy for a long time, and then events uh, overtook that particular aspect of things, and uh, suddenly it all became about uh, strategy, right? I mean, if I'm, uh, it became about tactics, rather. It's sort of like if I'm doing a show uh, about some big abstract topic and my house starts burning down, I stop doing the big abstract topic and deal with the fire that's going to burn down the house so that I can get back to the abstract topic over time. And so I really, really appreciate uh, and, and never will take it for granted as long as I live. Just how many people, of course, you know, thought they were trying to keep us honest and were pushing back. And I appreciated that as well, because it's always good to get that kind of pushback and check from the audience. But the people who did accept what uh, I was up to and why it was so important, I really, really appreciate that latitude. I hope over time, the people who thought I uh, and still think that I'm very mistaken and, and perhaps betraying my values and all that will continue to watch what we do and will continue to compare it to what happens in the world in, in politics. And over time, you will understand why we did what we did. Uh, and uh, if if the arguments aren't enough for you, wait for the empirical evidence to come in. Uh, it will be there. Uh, and I hope that you will uh, give us uh, another chance. Well put, well put. You know, it's weird being, you know, one of the few media shows or whatever you're going to call it that hasn't had like the freak out moment on Donald Trump. We've never had the freak out moment where we just start endlessly attacking Trump for something inconsequential. <laughs> the tripwire, the Trump wire. Yeah. It's, right. And lots of people, lots of people, even people that I like and respect, you know, there's they've they had the moment. <laughs> something yes. happened where it just rubbed them the wrong way. It's you know, facts, evidence, empiricism, all this stuff coming together regarding demographics, social justice, warrior culture, political correctness, the whole ball of wax. It's been an amazing couple years here. And I'm very excited where we're heading going forward. And there are a couple things regarding the fallout from the election that we'll get into more 
in the future, but I just want to say them right now because it's important. And I think some people, some people are going the wrong way on this already. This, this weird thin veneer of civility. Like I understand why Donald Trump said, you know, we owe secretary Clinton thanks for her public service and that he's trying to bring the country together. And this isn't a criticism of that. (laughs) That's his job, not ours. Yeah. It's, job is to bring the country together. I understand that. He's the president for everyone, not just, you know, us. <laughs> but this idea that there's going to be no accountability for Hillary Clinton, and it's over, folks. Just dust our hands. You know, the hard-fought battle, it's over now, and there's no consequences and no fallout from this. I'm sorry. that This isn't, this was not a friendly competition between, you know, Two people that are truthful, honest, dedicated, and want to work hard. Yeah, you, to, you shake you know, hands after a sports product. game because there's yeah. no moral content to a sports game. It's a it's a skill testing battle. It's not a battle of of ethical divides. Uh, and yeah. you don't shake hands with the sports team that cheats, and you don't mm-hmm. uh, you don't uh, shake hands with the sports team that is corrupt. Uh, so I yeah, I mean, there is going to be a great temptation. And now the country is divided and needs to heal. And it's like, no, 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 do not fall back into the relativistic soup. That's what got us here in the first place. Yep. Oh, there's so many people. I mean, Hillary Clinton needs to be held accountable for her crimes. That's Hillary Clinton needs to be held accountable for her crimes. If you have any questions as to those crimes, go listen to the interviews with Charles or or tell God knows what else they'll uncover through a fair investigation with the FBI. And I've heard and read some stuff that maybe it is possible for for Barack Obama to offer a blanket pardon to Hillary. There is some legal mark when it comes to that. Maybe something like that is going to happen even prior to being charged, right? Even prior to being charged, which uh, the idea that you could blanket pardon someone for crimes that aren't people aren't even aware of yet is bewildering to me but he can't, but that do, it. Being he can't said, do it for state crimes he can't do it for civil actions and he can't do it for international crimes we know without certain there will be civil lawsuits against hillary clinton regarding to the clinton foundation that's that's coming charles ortel has talked about that pretty extensively there's lots and lots of people that have very plausible civil actions against hillary clinton for what she did and those are ongoing we've had a couple people on the show talking about those such civil actions But there needs to be accountability. This can't just be, okay, oh, she's an old grandmother, and now she's going away, and we won't hear from her again. No, this is a battle between good and evil, folks. And just the same as all the people that, you know, went to war in Iraq and in other places without, you know, having it voted on, without actually declaring war, with all, there should be accountability for all of that. I don't know how far back Trump is willing to go regarding accountability for people that did severe injustices in the world. I'd like to see it go back as far as legally possible. But there needs to be accountability for this, not just limited to Hillary Clinton, not just limited to the political element, but the mainstream media and all the people, all the people that have done such terrible things, lies, slanders, attacks, You know, everyone now that was on the quote unquote losing side of this is now going to be like, we need to come together and understand, you know, we need to understand why we weren't able to predict this. You know, well, I'm sorry, yesterday you were calling me Hitler. Okay, I'm I'm not feeling very understanding. And that's not because I'm holding a grudge. That's because I recognize your behavior as evil. What these what many people did with the Sololinsky tactics and mudslinging and slander and you're a racist, a bigot, a homophobe, false sexual assault allegations, the whole ball of wax. False rape allegations. Yes. False rape allegations. For God's sakes, false rape allegations is so far over the line of what should ever be acceptable in any kind of public debate. I think there need to be repercussions for that too. You wrote an article about that clear, obvious, nonsense rape case against Donald Trump. You wrote an article about that. You're evil. You participated in evil actions by writing that, by giving that any kind of oxygen. Something that with, you know, two brain cells rattle around in your head, you'd be able to tell was complete nonsense. And you write about it as if it's true and try and slander a man. You people should be ashamed of yourself in the idea that tonight... Now that they've lost, that it's just, oh, let's come together. No, 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 no. It's not let's come together. These people should not have careers in media. These people should have this stuff trailing behind them for the rest of their time. You know, when when this person applies for a job, it should be, oh, you're the person that called Trump Hitler on this and that day. This 
this stuff is important and it can't be wished away. Maybe if there's giants, you know, come to Jesus, apologies and acceptance and it's some too real late. attempt. No. I know. I know. It's too I know. late. Just... No. Don't be tempted. I'm sorry. The only time that could have worked, in my opinion, Mike, and could certainly make your case, but the only time that would have worked is prior to last night. Afterwards, mm-mm. Mm-mm. If you worked against, and look, you can be against Trump honorably. Yeah. This is not, and sorry to interrupt, Mike, but I'll just be, you can be no, completely against Trump. It doesn't make you an enemy. As long as you were, you know, here's the policies, here's my disagreements, here's the facts, here are the arguments. Great. Honorable fight. No problem. No problem at all. We're still brothers in reason and evidence, even if I think you're completely wrong. No problem with that. It's the people who promoted these stories of, of like, attacks on airplanes without even basic facts checking the people who put out these kinds of stories of these kinds of sexual assaults and then even when more information came out did not issue their corrections but just plowed on ahead i don't care if they apologize and grovel but now until the end of time it's too late it's too late you did it already the internet remembers forever you will never escape this history and all, all the people who predicted stuff based upon bad pulse bad information without checking that information yes every time you're going to pop up your head and make another prediction i hope everyone swarms you with the crap that you spewed out before and your your legitimacy is undermined i uh, this is not now it's like oh the nation is deeply divided we need healing it's like when the nation is deeply divided because you called in the airstrike of slander and verbal abuse on everyone who disagreed with you you know if if i go and just beat up my neighbor for no reason and then i say well you know we're just not getting along for some reason he we need to find some way to meet in the middle no Mm-hmm. beautiful no. i i completely agree I completely agree. And there is going to be the temptation over the course of the coming days, weeks, and months for these people that have done tremendous evils and slander and trying to destroy good people. And they're going to ask for forgiveness. And they're not getting mine. And I hope there are economic consequences. You know, I, all these actors that have come up, I love Brian Cranston's acting. Mm. He's, he is my favorite actor. Or at least he was. You know, I, I don't want to financially support that man. No, not a penny. I, I don't want to, you know, I, I'm one of the, the three people that went to see his latest movie that was kind of an indie film about him uh, infiltrating cartels and stuff. <laughs> not many people went to see that. I went and saw that. I loved his acting. No more. No more, folks. All, all these people that, you know, slander, I mean, cancel CNN, folks. Cancel your cable. Yeah. Cancel your cable. Subscribe to a website where you have people throwing out this type of nonsense. Cancel that subscription. Yeah. You know, don't buy their books. there needs to be yeah. consequences. There needs to be economic consequences because people respond to incentives. And as long as people can get away with this kind of stuff and then like, oh, it's fine afterwards, it'll continue to happen. So this needs to be an example that's set. The economic incentives need to be skewed and changed. And, you know, the people that financially support those that are doing evil, you know, all all the big billionaires writing checks to think tanks that then churn out all types of nonsense that is completely anti-rational. You know, are, are you going to support their companies? I'm not. I'm not. And this means this is a sacrifice, another sacrifice that people on the right side of history here are going to have to make because there's lots of companies whose stuff that I think is really good. But, 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 I, I'm not going to be able to support it anymore financially. There, you know, there's some chance you can't get around some stuff. I know, I know, I know. But, you know, if there is a choice and I can get around something, I'm going to do it, even if it costs me a little bit more, because I want to rebalance the incentives so people are not incentivized to do terrible things, aren't terrorized to slander and spread nonsense and, you know, call people Hitler and dig up fake rape accusations from forever ago. Like this, this is we cannot have a civilized society if this type of behavior is allowed to persist. And even if it dies down in light of Trump. There's going to continue to be witch hunts in the future. There's going to continue to be people whose names get destroyed. We just had, um, you know, the Rolling Stone rape hoax case. And now they're being now judgment has come down that they can pursue damages against Rolling Stone and the author of that article and everything. Well, they, the the woman who's the administrator who was accused of ignoring the rapes uh, story, she just got mm -hmm. three mil. Uh, the the frat is Beautiful. is still coming up and and they're gonna I assume get much more because they were directly accused of participating in this imaginary rape, and and remember there's 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 2018 and there's 2020 like what what we do now over the next couple of years is going to determine the level of civility and honesty in future debate we like we the country I don't think can go through many more of these 
with this no. is insane sociopathic polarizing of the moral landscape. Everyone who's your enemy, every is Hitler and blah, 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 right? The, the country will, will literally shred itself. It will tear itself apart if people keep pulling this Iago to Othello whispering of infinite evil of the enemy into each other's ears. And so if there's not significant pushback, uh, voluntary boycott, I mean, I'm going to have to give up a lot of music, sadly, because... For reasons, you know, all the people who showed up in the Hillary Rock concerts and all that kind of crap. Sorry. No more Caddy Perry. I'm done. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, 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 honey. You can't listen to Katy Perry and Bruce Springsteen. I now know why you were depressed for so long because that's who you are. But um, uh, we have to push back against this stuff. And again, if you disagree, no problem. But if you escalated, right? I mean, yeah. even the people who wrote about uh, rape allegations against Donald Trump, douchey. To put it mildly, but if they had also written consistently and, of course, with far greater evidence and rationale about the rape accusations against uh, Bill Clinton, okay. But if you only did the Donald Trump one, you are a Mm -hmm. douchebag hack, and that's just the reality of it. But more um, information came out. Did you correct it? Oh wait, no, no, you didn't. Okay, just just let it slide. We'll maybe correct it after the election. Meh, too late, too late. There's no, there's no point stopping the car after you ran over somebody's dog. I guess there is, but it doesn't bring the dog back to life. But um, yeah, this this uh, I- I- America can't take another election or two like this. It, it, it will tear itself apart. And so there needs to be punishment so that the next time these uh, elections come up, which they will in two years and again in four, if people go back to the same tactics, they're going to tear the country apart. So there needs to be pushback now in order to maintain the social fabric for a more civilized discussion going forward. Yep. If if you want people to come together and if you want civility, this type of behavior cannot continue and cannot stand. And the incentives that promote it need to change and be affected. And there's no moral argument. I mean, these people have proved themselves to be, I think, completely amoral. And so there's no moral argument that's going to change their minds. Uh, So sorry, if you don't learn from ethics, you're going to have to learn from consequences. But you've got to learn either way. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, oh. I think, we, we, you know, we, we could, of course, talk about some of the challenges going forward, but I think now is the day That's for, for wine and day. celebration and dance and show. song. Yeah. Uh, and I think now is the time to, to uh, th- those of who've, who've been on the right side of this uh, conflict, of this challenge, you know, uh, uh, hug yourself uh, and uh, treat yourself and enjoy yourself. Uh, you know, tomorrow we get back to work, but today uh, wine and song and dance is the order uh, of business. So uh, thanks everyone so much for a wonderful, wonderful ride over the last year and a half. Uh, we are not abandoning the field. We're going to go and enjoy, stretch, relax uh, and party and uh, we will be back at it. But uh, thanks everyone so much. We look forward to your support. You can help out our show, of course, at freedomainradio.com slash donate. Thanks again to Mike and have yourselves a wonderful, wonderful day of well-deserved, well-earned, deep and abiding celebration. Thank you.